Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the August 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Written by E. Arthur Hagland, 33rd degree. Lewis and Clark, Corps of Discovery, 1804-1806. In their famous expedition, brothers Meriwether Lewis and William Clark succeeded in making the West itself an object of desire. Pathfinders for a Nation, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, with their men, were the first Americans to carve a track across the West to the Pacific. The official reports and published accounts of the expedition, the Corps of Discovery, brought to the attention of the American public the potential of this vast new territory with its thousands of square miles of rich land and virgin timber. Frequently hard-pressed, the Lewis and Clark expedition succeeded in making the West itself an object of desire. The lure of adventure was thus reinforced by the promise of great wealth, in their wake would follow the mountain men, prospectors, cattlemen, sodbusters, track layers, and city builders, the successive generations of an empire. President Thomas Jefferson, for whom Lewis served as private secretary, was an enthusiastic advocate of expansion. Jefferson, in 1803, asked Congress for an appropriation of $2,500 to send intelligent officers with 10 or 12 men to explore even to the Western Ocean. The appropriation was forthcoming, and the expedition set out in 1804 to determine what sort of real estate bargain the United States had been made with the Louisiana Purchase. Jefferson described his friend Lewis as a man of courage undaunted, possessing a firmness and perseverance of purpose, honest, disinterested, liberal, and of sound understanding, and in fidelity to truth. Red-headed, open-hearted William Clark, younger brother of George Rogers Clark, was the perfect counterpart to the introverted scientific Lewis. They were both expert woodsmen and intelligent leaders who would share command apparently without quarrel. The idealistic Lewis, who was always planning and philosophizing, was perhaps the most gifted. The practical Clark was the principal military director of the expedition, materially assisting in the arrangements and keeping a journal which was afterward published. His intimate knowledge of Indian habits and character had much to do with the success of the expedition. For two years, four months, and ten days, traveling 4,000 miles, the explorers were beyond all advice or support. Having rowed, paddled, trudged, and ridden horseback quite literally beyond the edge of the known world, they reached the mouth of the Columbia River on November 15, 1805. Their trek had taken them across the plains, up the Missouri to its source, across the Great Divide, then down the Kuskuski and Columbia Rivers. After wintering on the Columbia, they retraced their steps with some planned diversions and returned to St. Louis in 1806. It was five months after reaching St. Louis before the two men arrived in Washington, D.C. in February 1807, with Congress in session to receive and hear firsthand of their exploits. Captain Lewis was soon appointed governor of Louisiana Territory and Captain Clark a general of its militias and agent of the United States for Indian Affairs. About the expedition, Clark was quoted, 
It will be a pleasing reflection in future life to find that the expedition has been productive of the advantages to our country, geography, and science. To respect the rights of humanity has and ever will be the leading principle of my life. No reflection will be more pleasing to me than that of affecting the objects in view with the effusion of so small a portion of human blood. Clark was a remarkable geographer. His maps and advice guided Americans of the next four decades into the Northwest. His maps, published in 1814, just like his journals of the expedition, are filled with details. A famous painting by noted Western artist Charles M. Russell hangs on the wall in the Montana House of Representatives. The painting depicts a scene so often repeated by the Corps of Discovery, that of a peace council with members of the many Indian tribes, in this case the members of the Salish Flathead Nation. One of the great feats accomplished by the expedition was their ability to uniformly to respect the rights of humanity. This painting depicts their implementation of a charge in their commission by President Jefferson. In all your intercourse with natives, treat them in the most friendly and conciliatory manner. Both men displayed through these and other actions the principles taught in Freemasonry. A Mason in his native Virginia prior to the expedition, Lewis served as charter master of, in 1808 of St. Louis Lodge No. 111, during which time Clark was made a Mason. In an as-yet-unexplained incident, Lewis later died of gunshot wounds while traveling to Washington, D.C. Clark continued to serve his country as territorial governor of the Missouri Territory for nine years, then as superintendent of Indian Affairs until his death in 1838. Active in St. Louis Masonry, he was buried with Masonic honors in the Bellefontaine Cemetery in St. Louis. A large monument with square and compasses is over his grave. Meriwether Lewis and William Clark were Masons who truly made a lasting difference in the history of our nation. The following article is from History.com website about the Lewis and Clark expedition. This is actually updated January 31st, 2020. The Lewis and Clark expedition began in 1804 when President Thomas Jefferson tasked Meriwether Lewis with exploring lands west of the Mississippi River that comprised the Louisiana Purchase. Lewis chose William Clark as his co-leader for the mission. The excursion lasted over two years. Along the way, they confronted harsh weather, unforgiving terrain, treacherous waters, injuries, starvation, disease, and both friendly and hostile Native Americans. Nevertheless, the approximately 8,000-mile journey was deemed a huge success and provided new geographic, ecological, and social information about previously uncharted areas of North America. Who were Lewis and Clark? Meriwether Lewis was born in Virginia in 1774, but spent his early childhood in Georgia. He returned to Virginia as a teenager to receive his education and graduated from college in 1793. He then joined the Virginia State Militia, where he helped to put down the Whiskey Rebellion and later became a captain in the U.S. Army. At age 27, he became personal secretary to President Thomas Jefferson. William Clark was born in Virginia in 1770, but moved with his family to Kentucky at age 15. At age 19, he joined the state militia and then the regular army, where he served with Lewis and was eventually commissioned by President George Washington as a lieutenant of infantry. In 1796, Clark returned home to manage his family's estate. Seven years later, Lewis chose him to embark on an epic excursion that would shape America's history. The Louisiana Purchase During the French and Indian War, France surrendered a large part of Louisiana to Spain and almost all of its remaining lands to Great Britain. 
Initially, Spain's acquisition didn't have a major impact since it still allowed the United States to travel the Mississippi River and use New Orleans as a trade port. Then Napoleon Bonaparte took power in France in 1799 and wanted to regain France's former territory in the United States. In 1802, King Charles IV of Spain returned the Louisiana Territory to France and revoked America's port access. In 1803, under the threat of war, President Jefferson and James Monroe successfully negotiated a deal with France to purchase the Louisiana Territory, which included about 827,000 square miles for $15 million. Even before negotiations with France were finished, Jefferson asked Congress to finance an expedition to survey the lands of the so-called Louisiana Purchase and appointed Lewis as expedition commander. Preparations for the Lewis and Clark Expedition Lewis knew that exploring the Louisiana Territory would be no small task and began preparations immediately. He studied medicine, botany, astronomy, and zoology and scrutinized existing maps and journals of the region. He also asked his friend Clark to co-command the expedition. Even though Clark was once Lewis's superior, Lewis was technically in charge of the trip. But for all intents and purposes, the two shared equal responsibility. On July 5, 1804, Lewis visited the arsenal at Harper's Ferry to obtain munitions. He then rode a custom-made 55-foot keel boat, also called the boat or the barge, down the Ohio River and joined Clark in Clarksville, Indiana. From there, Clark took the boat up the Mississippi River while Lewis continued along on horseback to collect additional supplies. Some of the supplies collected were surveying instruments including compasses, quadrants, telescopes, sextants, and a chronometer, camping supplies including oilcloth, steel flints, tools, utensils, cornmeal, mosquito netting, fishing equipment, soap and salt, clothing, weapons and ammunition, medicines and medical supplies, books on botany, geography, and astronomy, and maps. Lewis also collected gifts to present to Native Americans along the journey, such as beads, face paint, knives, tobacco, ivory combs, bright colored cloth, ribbons, sewing notions, and mirrors. The expedition begins. Lewis entrusted Clark to recruit men for their Corps of Volunteer for Northwest Discovery. Throughout the winter of 1803-1804, Clark recruited and trained men at Camp Dubois, north of St. Louis, Missouri. He chose unmarried, healthy men who were good hunters and knew survival skills. The expedition party included 45 souls, including Lewis Clark, 27 unmarried soldiers, a French Indian interpreter, a contracted boat crew, and a slave owned by Clark named York. On May 14, 1804, Clark and the Corps joined Lewis in St. Charles, Missouri, and headed upstream on the Missouri River in a keelboat and two smaller boats at a rate of about 15 miles per day. Heat, swarms of insects, and strong river currents made the trip arduous at best. To maintain discipline, Lewis and Clark ruled the Corps with an iron hand and doled out harsh punishments such as bareback lashing and hard labor for those who got out of line. On August 20th, 22-year-old Corps member Sergeant Charles Floyd died of an abdominal infection, possibly from appendicitis. He was the only member of the Corps to die on their journey. Lewis and Clark, Native American Encounters most of the land Lewis and Clark surveyed was already occupied by Native Americans. In fact, the Corps encountered around 50 Native American tribes, including the Shoshone, the Mandan, the Minotauri, the Blackfeet, the Chinook, and the Sioux. Lewis and Clark developed a first contact protocol for meeting new tribes. They bartered goods and presented the tribe's leader with a Jefferson Indian Peace Medal, a coin engraved with the image of Thomas Jefferson on one side and an image of two hands clasped beneath a tomahawk and a peace pipe with the inscription, Peace and Friendship, on the other. 
They also told the Indians that America owned their land and offered military protection in exchange for peace. Some Indians had met white men before and were friendly and open to trade. Others were wary of Lewis and Clark and their intentions and were openly hostile, though seldom violent. In August, Lewis and Clark held peaceful Indian councils with the Odo near present-day Council Bluffs, Iowa, and the Yankton Sioux at present-day Yankton, South Dakota. In late September, however, they encountered the Teton Sioux, who weren't as accommodating, and tried to stop the Corps' boats and demanded a toll payment, but they were no match for the military might of the Corps, and soon moved on. Fort Mandan In early November, the Corps came across villages of friendly Mandan and Minotauri Indians near present-day Washburn, North Dakota, and decided to set up camp downriver for the winter along the banks of the Missouri River. Within about four weeks, they'd built a triangular-shaped fort called Fort Mandan, which was surrounded by 16-foot pickets and contained quarters and storage rooms. The Corps spent the next five months at Fort Mandan hunting, forging, and making canoes, ropes, leather, clothing, and moccasins, while Clark prepared new maps. According to Clark's journal, the men were in good health overall, other than those that were suffering from venereal disease. Sacagawea while at Fort Mandan, Lewis and Clark met French-Canadian trapper Toussaint Charbonneau and hired him as an interpreter. They allowed his pregnant Shoshone Indian wife, Sacagawea, to join him on the expedition. Sacagawea had been kidnapped by Hidasta Indians at age 12 and then sold to Charbonneau. Lewis and Clark hoped she could help them communicate with any Shoshone they'd encounter in their journey. On February 11, 1805, Sacagawea gave birth to a son and named him Jean-Baptiste. She became an invaluable and respected asset for Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark crossed the Continental Divide. On April 7, 1805, Lewis and Clark sent some of their crew and their keelboat loaded with zoological and botanical samplings, maps, reports, and letters back to St. Louis while they and the rest of the Corps headed for the Pacific. They crossed through Montana and made their way to the Continental Divide via Lemmy Pass, where, with Sacagawea's help, they purchased horses from the Shoshone. While there, Sacagawea reunited with her brother, Kamehwait, who hadn't seen her since she was kidnapped. The group next headed out of Lemmy Pass and crossed the Bitterroot Mountain Range using the harrowing Lolo Trail and the help of many horses and a handful of Shoshone guides. This leg of the journey proved to be the most difficult. Many of the party suffered from frostbite, hunger, dehydration, bad weather, freezing temperatures, and exhaustion. Still, despite the merciless terrain and conditions, not a single soul was lost. After 11 days on the Lolo Trail, the Corps stumbled upon a tribe of friendly Nez Perce Indians along Idaho's Clearwater River. The Indians took in the weary travelers, fed them, and helped them regain their health. As the Corps recovered, they built dugout canoes, then left their horses with the Nez Perce and braved the Clearwater River rapids to Snake River and then to the Columbia River. They reportedly ate dog meat along the way instead of wild game. Fort Clatsop a bedraggled and harried corps finally reached the stormy Pacific Ocean in November of 1805. They completed their mission and had to find a place to live for the winter before heading home. They decided to make camp near present-day Astoria, Oregon and started building Fort Clatsop on December 10th and moved in by Christmas. It was not an easy winter at Fort Clatsop. Everyone struggled to keep themselves and their supplies dry and fought an ongoing battle with tormenting fleas and other insects. Almost everyone was weak and sick with stomach problems hunger, or influenza-like symptoms. Lewis and Clark's Journey Home On March 23, 1806, the Corps left Fort Clatsop for home, they retrieved their horses from the Nez Perce, and waited until June for the snow to melt to cross the mountains into the Missouri River Basin. 
After again traversing the rugged Bitterroot mountain range, Lewis and Clark split up at Lolo Pass. Lewis's group took a shortcut north to the Great Falls of the Missouri River and explored Marius River, a tributary of the Missouri in present-day Montana, while Clark's group, including Sacagawea and her family, went south along the Yellowstone River. The two groups planned a rendezvous where the Yellowstone and Missouri met in North Dakota. Pompey's Pillar On July 25, 1806, Clark carved his name and the date on a large rock formation near the Yellowstone River he named Pompey's Pillar, after Sacagawea's son, whose nickname was Pompey. The site is now a national monument managed by the U.S. Department of the Interior. Two days later, at Marius River, near present-day Cutbank, Montana, Lewis and his group encountered eight Blackfeet warriors and were forced to kill two of them when they tried to steal weapons and horses. The location of the clash became known as Two Medicine Fight Site. It was the only violent episode of the expedition, although soon after the Blackfeet fight, Lewis was accidentally shot in his buttocks during a hunting trip. The injury was painful and inconvenient, but not fatal. On August 12th, Lewis and Clark and their crews reunited and dropped off Sacagawea and her family at the Mandan villages. Then they headed down the Missouri River, with the currents moving in their favor this time, and arrived in St. Louis on September 23rd, where they were received with a hero's welcome. Lewis and Clark Expedition Legacy Lewis and Clark returned to Washington, D.C. in the fall of 1806 and shared their experiences with President Jefferson. While they had failed to identify a coveted Northwest Passage water route across the continent, they had completed their mission of surveying the Louisiana Territory from the Mississippi River to the Pacific Ocean, and did so against tremendous odds with just one death and little violence. The Corps had traveled more than 8,000 miles, produced invaluable maps and geographical information, identified at least 120 animal specimens and 200 botanical samples, and initiated peaceful relations with dozens of Native American tribes. Both Lewis and Clark received double pay and 1,600 acres of land for their efforts. Lewis was made governor of the Louisiana Territory, and Clark was appointed brigadier general of militia for Louisiana Territory and a federal Indian agent. Clark remained well-respected and lived a successful life. Lewis, however, was not an effective governor and drank too much. He never married or had children and died in 1809 of two gunshot wounds, possibly self-inflicted. A few years later, Sacagawea died, and Clark became her children's guardian. Despite Lewis's tragic end, his expedition with Clark remains one of America's most famous. The duo and their crew, with the aid of Sacagawea and other Native Americans, helped strengthen America's claim to the West and inspired countless other explorers and Western pioneers. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.